You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Biz Babes with Soul. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have my friend Rebecca Lockwood here today. So Rebecca is a master coach, and she's an author, and she's a mom, and she does a million things, and I'm so excited for you to meet her and talk to her, and she's coming all the way to us from the United Kingdom. So welcome, Rebecca. (laughs) Yay, thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting. Yeah, so tell everybody a little bit about you in case they don't know you yet. Yeah, so I, I think you did a really good job. I'm a master mindset coach. Um, I am a mum of two young girls, so my daughters are three and nine months old. Um, I can't believe it's been nine months. She was nine months old yesterday. I was like, that just gone in a flash. It's just been so fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an author and I, I, do you know what? Like when I get asked this question, I'm like, I, I never really know how to answer. Like I can label all these things that I am, but really I'm just me. <laughs> and just, yeah. I just, every day I just show up as the person that I want to be. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. You know, people are like, tell us everything you do. And I'm like, well, mm. I do 3 million <laughs> things, um, but mostly I just do what excites me. So I totally get that. So how did you get started in this business of working for yourself and being a coach and all that? Okay, so I'll, do you want the long story or the short one? <laughs> whatever you, if you, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. We love a good long story. Yeah. Okay. So I, it's really crazy how it happened. It kind of happened by accident, but not by accident. If that makes sense, it was like, you know, like the moments that you have in your life where you remember events that actually make no sense to why you're remembering it at that time but you're like ah okay that kind of makes sense if that makes sense (laughs) yeah that does it totally makes sense yeah so I'd probably say like the journey of where where of how I am I ended up where I am now probably started when I was 11 so um before I was 11 I we grew up on a farm like in the middle of a hill in the middle of nowhere and my mum we my mum was a single parent um and there were three of us young girls lived at home and my older brother who used to go out and work and we used to kind of fend for ourselves and look after ourselves and we used to walk to the train station to meet her and um on our own and one time we were walking there and I was 11 my sisters are like two years younger than me two years younger than her and um, a man tried to grab me and um, kidnap me. And he didn't. It didn't. Nothing happened. Like, he dragged me in his car and I managed to escape. But I, after it was such a shock to me at 11 years old that I, it really made me, it really shook me and made me look at everything in a whole different way. It really made me curious about, like, why we are, who we are, like, who we are. 
what like just the simplest of things like carpets like how did somebody think to make a carpet what the mm. actual I don't know if you swear on this podcast so I'll try not to but like how like how does people even know to like who even came up with making a table out of wood like all this like you know it's not stupid stuff but stuff that I just never I just at the time couldn't make sense of and it just made me see everything in a whole new way and that kind of led me onto this really curious path but this really like misunderstanding of how who I am in the world my place in it because I actually thought as crazy as it sounds I thought I should have died like I thought oh my god if he had taken me what would have happened and and maybe I wouldn't be here and I genuinely for five years of my life every day I thought I shouldn't be here um and it just like kind of opened me up to a whole new I don't know a new way of looking at things and um that kind of has been a trait since then that I I look at everything in wonder and curiosity and although thinking back to it I think yeah it's a bad it's shit that it happened but actually it was a real turning point in my life that made me who I am you know yeah that's incredible yeah and go on sorry (laughs) so how did that lead you eventually into being a coach well yes of course curiosity but Mm. what made you go okay I can turn this into a business I can help people Mm. yes Uh, I I would have I wish I could have said um it, I, I realized I had all this curiosity and then I decided I could help others but it was a l- much longer and more <laughs> painful journey than that and um, because of that happening it made me also feel like I had no like self-worth and mm. I had no um yeah self-worth and I had a real misunderstanding of my own emotions and my own energy I, I was always such an energetic person but it came out in the wrong way because I never really understood it and it came out in like anger and frustration um, because I was filled with confusion on what what is and what I was and so I was um I, I really struggled at school and I was removed from school with no GCSEs or anything nothing from school and I literally was only able to get into a college because I was a dancer and I'd been going to a dancing school once a week for like since I was three and this the college that I applied to let me apply from um like doing an um what do you call them like a dance like um an interview kind of yeah. performance and that's the only way I got in so I went to college and at college I um whilst I was at college I met a man who ended up being awful <laughs> it's only getting worse would not get into the good bit yet um but because I had no self-worth of myself and I I couldn't my dad wasn't around so I didn't know how like I validated myself outside of myself so like I validated myself thinking that because he told me he loved me that validated who I was and gave me worth, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it was a really, really, really violent relationship that, um, again, I think back to now and I think actually that was a real key point in my life again, although it's awful to think. It helped me pick myself up. You know, it lasted for two years longer than it should, but eventually when I did realise that it needed to end, I realised my own self-worth. And I realized what I needed to do with this energy that I had. And Mm. instead of it coming out in anger and resentment and frustration, it could be put into something that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then when that ended, I found myself in a sales job 
And through that sales job, I was like, oh my God, this is it. I got really good, like really, really good. I built sales teams. And that kind of two years after that was like a big point where I was like, I am stepping up. I'm, you know, showing up. I'm going to do personal development. I came across personal development, Tony Robbins. Um, and I really stepped up into like, I am worthy. I, I know I'm worthy now. And um, through my sales job, I started coaching and mentoring my sales teams and quite quickly became really, really fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, because now I knew where to turn on my energy. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's what we do with this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I... Um, I watched The Apprentice. I don't know if you've got The Apprentice over there. Oh, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. So at this point, I was 22. I watched The Apprentice. And I forgot to mention, when I was young, like my mum used to tell us stories all the time about what she would do. She won the lottery. Like she, she'd tell us like all these houses that she'd build and all these amazing things that she could have if she won the lottery and became a millionaire. So... <laughs> I had this like goal of like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to do it by the time I'm 30. Don't know where that bit came from. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to do all these amazing things that my mum talks about. Um, and yeah, so I watched The Apprentice at 22 and this girl that won was 22 as well. And to me, that meant she was going to be a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, right, I'm going to leave my job and set up a business. So I literally went to work the next day and I was like, I'm leaving and I'm setting up a business. And they both, like looked at me and said, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's such a 22-year-old kind of thing to do, just without any plan, just going, I'm doing it. And they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. So naive. I can remember the look on the face as if to say, what are you like, really? <laughs> <laughs> and the crazy thing as well, I had this um, I had this great job. I had this flat that I was living in. It was only a cheap flat, so I had so much money. Like I, I, I had a brand new car and I was earning like 30 grand a year at 22. And and then all my bonuses on top of that. Um, but yeah, they were like, right, okay then. So I literally the next day left sold my car to fund my business um and so the business uh, this time right I didn't even know what business was going to be I just knew that I needed some more money to be able to do this business so like this is proper typical me I'm like I just do stuff I don't really plan or think (laughs) (laughs) I still do that now like eight years later six years later um so yes I left my I left the job and I was like right I'm gonna I need some more money. So I literally, I took like a hundred pounds and I went to this wholesalers and I bought some scarves and some gloves and I went and door knocked and sold them, doubled my money, doubled my money, did it again, triple my money, did it again wow. until I had like a thousand pounds. And then I was like, right, what can I do to get more people together in one place and sell more at one, you know, to save myself time and make it easy for myself. And um, so I was like, oh my God, I can buy dresses. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you buy yourself a new dress, Melody? Um, not that often. At twenty-two? How often did you buy yourself? Oh, a new dress? well, at twenty-two, probably, you know, once a month. Once a week I was. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> right, dresses, handbags, this is it. So I got some I went back to the wholesalers, got some dresses, some handbags, and I, I got one of my rang one of my friends up and I was like, right, we're hosting a, a clothes party. Yeah. invite your friends so we invited everyone around um, and that's that shopping party was a thousand pound sales so I was like oh my god two hours a thousand pounds this is it <laughs> <laughs> um, and that business was born um, in 2013 um, and 
wow, so long ago. It feels like yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it literally was only to fund, getting the money to fund a different business mm-hmm. that I had no idea what it was going to be. It birthed into this business. <laughs> so I am um, like, I put together my business plans. I was on this big growth accelerator. It was like the biggest in the world. Um, I was winning business awards. I was um, I was getting like really good media coverage. Wow. Every time I saw my friends in the shop, they'd be like, because obviously like my, the people surrounding me knew what I was like at school. And they were like, oh my God, you're doing so well. Look how much you've grown. And, you know, you remember what you were like back at school. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but there was something inside of me that was like, it just I, don't, I just didn't want it. Mm-hmm. Like this was like three years on into the business. Um, like my five-year business plan was to turn over £864,000. It was, wow. this was like my million dollar idea by the time I was 30. I was like, this is it. Like I remember the time I was driving and I, I just put together like my business projections for the next five years and I was driving somewhere afterwards and I, it just came to me. I was like, oh my God, this is it. And I actually thought I was going to have a panic attack. Like I've never oh. felt like that before ever. <laughs> I didn't know whether to drive myself to the hospital, whether to just stop and get, I don't know. Um, Anyway, I smoked a lot at that time. Don't smoke anymore, but um, yeah. And just, there was just something underlying that was after three years of being in it, that was like, I just don't want this anymore. Mm. I had my daughter, oops, sorry. I had my daughter in the, uh, in the middle of it. She was, uh, she's now three, but, in the middle of all that I had her and I think I had a really bad postnatal depression when I had her mm. um but I think how, how old are your kids have you got kids I don't have kids no I think when you have kids you don't realize that like like as a high achieving entrepreneur entrepreneurial person I was like yeah I can do this yeah I can do everything yeah I can do whatever I want yeah I'm amazing I can take over the world mm. <laughs> I think that's sort of a lie that women have been sold, though, that that's, it's too much pressure to try to do everything by yourself, to try to raise a child and run a business and be a good partner and look amazing and lose weight. And it's just, you know, that's so much pressure. Mm, Yeah. And so, yeah, I've come to this point where I was... I had this business and and the business, the business was making money, but because it was a product based business, I had to take all the profits and put it straight back into it to buy Mm. more products to grow it. Um, And we'd got to the point. So I'd had my little girl and before I had my little girl, I was, I was working evenings as well. So basically I would, I had my office where I ran the business from, but I'd, I'd, I'd go to my office for like 10 o'clock work from my office and then at like five, six o'clock, I'd drive to my next job, eat my tea in the car, work overnight until like four, five, six o'clock in the morning, depending on what time I got home to how busy it was. And then I would do it all over again. And the only time I ever took off was Sunday afternoon. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Um, so then I had my daughter and I was like, well, I can't do that when I've got my daughter. So I had to stop the, the night job, right? And then I was like, well, I've got my daughter, I've got this business, I need to plan my money back into this business. And although everything on the outside looked amazing, on the inside it was crumbling really, really fast. Mm. Um, 
And but because at the time I told myself it was okay, I was like, it's okay, like we can do this. I was listening to Les Brown, Tony Robbins, you know, pumping myself up, getting up at like five, six o'clock in the morning, going to the gym, doing all the things, personal development, quote unquote, that people say you should do. I was like, I've got this, I'm an entrepreneur, I can take on the world, I can take on anything. And I was really motivated. But then I'd go to my office around, like, because I was on this the biggest growth accelerator in the world. I was working from their office at that time. And I'd go there and I'd, like, I was surrounded by all these other amazing entrepreneurs. And I'd boost all them up and I'd motivate all them. And if they ever needed anything, they'd come to me and would talk through their problems. But then when it came to doing my own shit, I sat at my computer and stared at the wall. <laughs> I think that's a normal thing for a lot of us. Like, it's what, it's like, do as I say, not as I do. yeah. Um, but I remember like, I was having these conversations with these people and I was like, why can't I just do this? Like, why can't I just connect people with people and just chat with people? And that is it. But I kept telling myself, well, that's not a real job. That's just chatting with people. That's just what we do as people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so anyway, a couple of weeks went by when I was staring at the wall, going to the office, staring at the wall. And I was like, this has got to stop. Um, and then uh, one of the first sales companies that I ever worked for contacted me and was like, will you come back? Because um, we could do with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at first I was like, no way. And then when I got home and spoke to my husband, he was like, yes, we're. <laughs> like, you know, you need to sort this out. We were planning a wedding as well at this time. Um, and so I took it and I just closed the business. And it was the hardest decision I ever made in my life. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, aren't you? Mm, yeah it's so true Mm. so now that you have created this flourishing business in the other direction what do you feel like success is for you right now it's um it's a really um funny question that because what happened when I closed that business was um this Tony Robbins CD that I've been listening to on repeat for a full year all of a sudden said neuro-linguistic programming. And I'm, I'm sure, Melody, I listened to it every single day for a full year and didn't <laughs> want to hear it until this one day. And I was like, oh my God, that's what I need to do. I need to do neuro-linguistic programming. And so I went and studied NLP. And mm-hmm. when I studied NLP, it was like I had this awakening. <laughs> and I realized that I closed that business because actually I didn't have the belief in myself to be able to make it work. Mm. And I just thought how many other people or how many other women must not even realize that they don't believe in themselves to make their business succeed. Yeah. Um, That's an important mm -hmm. lesson to learn. I mean, I think I've learned, learned that over and over again. I'm still learning it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, so success to me is literally just if I if I can inspire one woman every day to to see that she's worthy, to see that she's capable, whatever that capability or worthiness is, then that means success to me. Like I I've it's and another thing I was thinking about this this morning is it's so easy to be in this online space and see everything that other people are doing like oh I've got a six-figure business oh I travel the world and do these amazing things and that is amazing 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 and it's so easy to look at that and think well I should be traveling the world well I should have a six-figure business and actually um what we need to do is we need to hone in and say okay well what 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 does success mean to me because 
success to me means working two days a week, being able to go and see my baby on my dinner time, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and one of the things I've realized is at this current moment in time, my business hasn't yet reached six figures. However, I know for a fact that I have more, um, more of like more income left mm-hmm. after than the people who have hit six figures. A lot of the people who hit six figures, who hit six figures that I've been following. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, we're, we follow a lot of the same people and everyone's mm-hmm. always bragging about how much money they're making and that mythical six or seven figures. But I do see a lot of them spending a lot of that money and traveling lavishly. And that's fantastic. I love that for them. But I also wonder, like, what are they actually making after all Mm. those expenses are paid? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad sometimes to see because I know a lot of my clients come to me like, oh, I want to hit six figures. I want to hit six figures. And it's like, yeah we can we can completely do that completely do that like I'm not far off it um but then what we need to sit down and evaluate is what actually is success to you like mm-hmm. I work two days a week and that's it the rest of the time I'm with my kids and when I'm with my kids I'm with my kids mm-hmm. and I I see a lot of it, it's okay this is a bit controversial but I feel like it has to be said bring it because, on <laughs> <laughs> because I've seen a couple a handful of people now who have done this who have sold the dream of hitting six figures and yeah you can do it and we can show you how and then a couple of weeks or a couple of months later the posting about how they've burnt out because they've been working so many hours mm-hmm. um, and they can't do it anymore and like mm, and then they're selling the res- like the support to not burn out like <laughs> yeah no I've seen that a lot too I've actually my my friend Ashley Love and I have been doing a Friday morning series where we go live and talk about different topics and we talked about this we're calling it hustle mm. porn yeah oh my god yes <laughs> we're just so sick of it because everybody that says like oh success means you have to work 24 Uh 7 to reach six or seven figures they all look like shit they Mm. like I know everybody loves Gary V but he looks like a crack addict oh (laughs) like he looks exhausted and I I bless you Gary V you seem like such a nice person but you need a hug and you need to take a vacation please (laughs) um and that, was, oh, if Grant Cardone. If that is what so, success is, I don't want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, and this is why we have to get clear on what success means to us, like check in with us. And that's exactly what my book's about. But um, I was listening to Grant Cardone recently and I was following I him up until this point and I do love him. But actually, I kind of don't love him either. Like I love him because I love his drive. I love his enthusiasm. I love his energy. I love everything about him. However, one of the things he started saying, which is what I realized, is that you have to work hard. You have to work hard. You have to go out with all you've got. And and I don't actually think that we have to work hard to be able to achieve what we want to achieve. Like, yeah, I work really smart and I show up. but I don't, it doesn't feel hard. Like when it feels hard, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Right. That, that's been something that I've been working on this past year and I'm still working on it is this deep-seated belief that, yeah, success and money and everything comes from working yourself to death. Um, and I think you're right. You don't have to work yourself to death. And like with Grant Cordone and um, 
Gary Vee. I like them, but I listen to them and I take what I need from them and leave mm-hmm. the rest because yeah, I, yeah, know, yeah. I know that I don't want to work 24-7. I don't think we have to work ourselves to death to get success. So if there's someone like that out there for you guys listening who you really admire them and you like them, doesn't mean you have to be their unequivocal follower. You can mm-hmm. just take what you need from it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, I um, it just, I just thought then like I – I now feel more aligned and feel like everything's easier in my business and I've I make more money now than I have ever um I spend I'd spend two days working and I might do a couple of hours here and there in between but it's unlikely and like I'll, I'll go to the spa in the morning before I start my day and then start work and I think there's a lot to be said in for the people who are boasting about hitting six figures and using that as a marketing tool to gain traction, but then a person about being burnt out and not looking after themselves. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with, I mean, I know cause I've dealt with this, the whole comparisonitis piece of mm-hmm. being in the female entrepreneur world, because it's like you said, everybody's bragging all the time and you know, sometimes I have to just shut down Facebook because mm. I'm friends with so many other coaches and consultants and other women who seem to, on the outside, be killing it. Um, and if I'm having a day where I feel like total shit and nothing's working out, that just kills me because I feel like, well, look at all these other people. They're doing amazing. Yeah, but I also see the other side of it. So they also they don't only post about themselves doing amazing. They also post about the um, I worked so hard that I burnt myself out, and now I need to take a break. Yeah. You know, um, which I just don't. I just can't get my head around it because they're posting to get traction to gain followers because of the money that they're making, but then they're posting to gain traction to show that they're a human being because they're burning out because they're doing all that to reach that. I d- yeah. <laughs> Comparisonitis, let's move on. <laughs> Comparisonitis, yeah, I am. Um, social media is a killer for this. I think social media anxiety is a real thing. It is. Um, it really yeah. is. I, I think there was a study done that said the more time people spend on Facebook, the more depressed and anxious they are. Mm, yeah, yeah, and I can so believe that. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I just I, sometimes I get sometimes I just delete my Facebook and sometimes I just, just delete my whole social media um, things off my phone mm-hmm. um, unless I'm doing a launch and I need them because like, you need Facebook to go live on. You can't do that mm-hmm. on Safari. Um, and stories on Instagram. But I just think there's two things. So one of them is stop scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> Easier said than done, right? Yeah, is just delete them, delete them delete the social media things until you realize like like when I first did this the amount of times I went to my phone I was like oh my god I've got nothing to do with my phone and then so then I've started to enroll in courses and stuff to to develop myself as a person Mm -hmm. so every time I go to my phone I'm going to the course and I'm learning something new for an hour rather than sat on Facebook Mm -hmm. and Second thing, which I suppose that wasn't real personalized, but that helps. No, that's good. I think that's good information for people because (laughs) you're right. We waste so much time online. Mm. Even I, you know, my husband and I will be watching TV and 
we're not really watching TV. We're listening to TV while we scroll on our phones, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. But I think that's so normal now. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with smartphones. Yeah, it's like the foot, the whole world at your fingertips, though, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. they are incredible. It's just making sure that we use them in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have like it annoys me when I go like to restaurants, and I sit, and my husband does it too as well. So I'm like, get off your phone. <laughs> um, I, and like when you go to restaurants and you see people sat there on the phones, and it it's not necessarily like people. I don't think we realize we're doing it anymore. I think it's become such a habit that mm-hmm. we just do it unconsciously. Um, which is even more sad, really. Um, but this other comparisonitis thing, because this is something that I talk about a lot, is what is it that we're comparing ourselves to and the other person? Because usually it's the light in others. It's the light that we see in others that we want to become. Mm. So rather than um, if in terms of comparing ourselves in a negative way to other people, um, then what is it? What is that light that we're seeing that we want to encompass? And just making a note of that, like what are the traits that I see in others that I really want to see in myself? Um, that was a really, really game changer for me. And um, I think people fall into the habit of comparing the front end of somebody else's business to the back end of their business. Mm. Like we don't always see what goes on behind the scenes of other people's businesses and we only know what people want us to know. Um, so that's a thing to remember as well. Yeah, that's that's an excellent piece of advice because, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I've had people come to me and they've said, wow, you are just so upbeat, you're so energetic, you have, you know, you're so successful. And I'm like, okay, what you're not seeing is me literally on the floor having a panic attack. <laughs> Or crying in the shower for no reason, or, you know, just, or getting, like, berated an email by a crazy client, or, you know, there's just, there's things that people don't see. So I've been making a conscious effort in 2018 to kind of lift up that veil and show people, like, hey, I'm having a shitty day. It's Mm. not all rainbows and unicorns. It's actually hard, but there's beauty in the struggle. Mm. Yeah, yeah so true I love that yeah all right well if anybody wants to talk to you further and get your amazing new book where can they find you uh, the best place to find me is probably on my website which is rebeccalockwood.org.uk or on instagram which is rebecca.lockwood awesome well you guys need to check out rebecca she has incredible things going on and I know that 2019 is going to be even more incredible for her yes so (laughs) thank you again for being here Rebecca I'm so glad we finally got to sit down and do this thank you so much for having me thanks yeah all right guys until next time we'll see ya bye bye thank you for joining me for the biz babes with soul podcast don't forget to like subscribe and share with your friends To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.